Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with the 170th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here with me today. Before we get started, I want to make sure that all of you have signed up for your completely free seven-day trial to my poker training site, pokercoaching.com. There we have a ton of interactive hand quizzes, and we're adding in new coaches as well. So you're not only learning from me, but also from some of the other best players in the world. Um, each month, we present a monthly homework question that's starting to get progressively more and more difficult, and it really is testing the students' skills and forcing them to think about how they play their whole range and about their overall strategy in poker, and that is allowing the students to have great success at the table, which is exactly what I was going for with the poker site, with the training site. So check it out at pokercoaching.com. This hand today is from a $5,000 buy-in six-handed World Series of Poker event. We face a raise to 7,000 at 1,500, 3,000 from the player under the gun. And it folds around to me in the big blind with 8-5 offsuit. So 8-5 is certainly not a good hand by any means, but eh, it's reasonable. When you're facing a min-raise, you should be somewhat inclined to defend the big blind quite often. I understand 7,000 is not exactly a min-raise, but it's pretty close. Um... One thing worth mentioning in six-handed as opposed to four-ring is there are actually fewer antis in the pot, right? So in, at this table, six-handed, we are trying to win a pot that's going to be roughly 20,000, whereas if it was nine-handed, we'd be trying to win a pot that was closer to 21 or 22,000. And now that may not sound like a lot, but it actually does matter to some extent. So you, you can defend a little bit tighter in six-handed. I know a lot of people think that they have to play every hand six-handed because... Well, I don't know why they use lots of various types of logic, but that's not necessarily true. You should still play just good, solid ranges. 8-5 offsuit in this spot I think is acceptable. I'd be much more inclined to call 8-5 offsuit than, say, queen-5 offsuit, just because when I have the 8-5, my, both of my cards are usually somewhat live, whereas when you have a hand like queen-5, the queen is sometimes dominated, and that's really what you want to avoid. So the flop comes king-5-5. Five, five. That's pretty good. That's exactly what I want. It goes check, check on the flop, which is not what I want. This is a spot where I'm definitely going to check raise the flop if I check in my opponent bets any amount. I would be check raising in this spot with my flush draws and my fives. And when it goes check, check, I think my opponent's going to have a lot of marginal made hands. Stuff like pocket queens or ace queen or maybe hands like king 10 suited that decided to raise and then check back. So... Keeping that in mind, I don't really think I can go for an extreme amount of value by betting large on the turn and then betting large on the river. I suppose I should mention the pot's 20,000 chips going to the flop and my opponent has 111,000 or 112,000 behind. So we're playing about uh, 55 big blinds deep. So the, the stacks are somewhat deep. That said, you know, if we bet 20,000 on the turn into the 20,000 pot and the pot will go up to 60,000 if our opponent calls, then he'll have about 90,000 remaining and I can then shove the river for 1.5 times pot. So uh, don't think that you cannot go for very large bets if you have reason to believe that your opponent's range is strong. But in this scenario, that's exactly what we do not have. We have a we're against a range that's almost certainly weak or marginal. And I don't know the exact dynamic I had at this tournament. Presumably I'm doing pretty well because I started this hand with about 90 big blinds, which is a lot of chips deep in a $5,000 tournament. But if your opponent thinks you're really really bluff happy or if maybe you've got caught bluffing at some point in the past against this player, you can consider going for that big turn bet and then big river bet. 
But I think in general, going for a small bet on the turn is going to be better. And that's exactly what I do. I bet 10,000 into the 20,000 pot. I think this is nice. I don't really see anyone folding hand like pocket queens or pocket sevens here when the blank six comes on the turn. So I like betting 10,000 into this turn. And our opponent does call, which is great. I don't really think this changes his range much at all. The river is eh, a mediocre hand, or mediocre card. It is the six of diamonds. So now my trips on the flop just got significantly worse because now I lose any random six my opponent could have. That said, if my opponent had a random six, what sixes make logical sense? Well, the only ones that really make any sense at all are um, ace six, and most people don't raise ace six offsuit first position six-handed. So we're probably against just exactly ace six suited, and the way the board ran out, ace six of clubs for the nut flush draw probably would have bet the flop. So I'm really not so worried about a six in this scenario. We could be against six five, but again, only 6-5 suited would raise. And the the way the board ran out, there are no 6-5 suited possible because there's a spade, a club, and a diamond on the board. And I have the heart, right? So no 6-5 suited are available. So in this spot, I'm really not worried about being being beat. I could be against 7-6 suited. Um, again, same story. We can only be against the 7-6 of hearts because the club would almost certainly bet. So really just... Two combinations of hands that beat me. I would think pocket sixes would bet on the turn. Again, one more combination of hands that beat me. So three combinations of hands that beat me. And we beat a ton of hands here. I mean, like I said, we beat the marginal kings. We beat the underpairs. So this is a very easy value bet. Now I just have to ask myself, how much will my opponent realistically call? The pot's 40,000. And I think something like 25,000 stands a pretty good chance of getting called by a pair if my opponent doesn't have a pair, he's probably not going to call any bet besides maybe 10,000 or something like that. But even then, some players will read into the small bet size as something they they view as obviously strong, in which case they are not going to pay anyway. So I just want to bet somewhat large, like I would with my bluffs. And I do think I could have a decent amount of bluffs here. I mean, if I had 8-7 offsuit, I would definitely like to bluff. If I had a flush draw that missed, I would definitely like to bluff. So... I should have a lot of bluffs here. I would definitely bet with all of my sixes and fives, of course, and I, I could have some of those. So this is a spot where I think I have a decent amount of nut hands as well as a decent amount of value hands. I would also bet with perhaps king 10 and better in this spot. So I, I like I like this, and I, I could maybe even go a little bit bigger, but I decided to go 27,000 into the 40,000 pot. And let's see if we get looked up. We do. And when I get called here, like I said, we just win every time. So that's great. The opponent actually had ace-king. Wow, I was not expecting that. It's an interesting spot to check back on the flop. And, you know, really, my opponent played it great in this exact scenario because if he bet the flop, I would have check-raised, and then he's just on the hook for all the money because he can't really fold. So my opponent took a pot control line, and it paid off amazingly well. And like I just said, I'm going to be bluffing a decent amount here on this river too. So... Maybe my opponent somehow had a read on me. Maybe he was just playing cautiously because we are pretty deep in a six in a $5,000 buy-in World Series event and you always want to minimize the odds of you going broke. I definitely like checking a hand like Ace-King on King-5-5 five five better than checking a hand like... Well, you know what? I, I actually don't like checking the Ace-King. <laughs> There's so much you can get value from, right? I mean, if, if I'm sitting over here with... Any flush draw, I'm definitely going to put money in the pot. If I have a king, I'm definitely going to put money in the pot. And if I have an underpair, 
I'm definitely going to put money in the pot. So um, the only time I really like checking back with a king is when you expect your opponent to bluff a lot. Or if you just get the read that your opponent has either a very good hand or just total garbage. Like if your opponent's in check fold mode, obviously, which you will often see in small stakes tournaments where your opponent goes from being in the zone, ready to play their jack 10 suited. Then the flop comes king five, five. Like, okay, obviously I'm done. I'm checking. And then they'll just go back to watching the TV or talking to their, the player next to them. If they're capable of bluffing, then you might as well just check because they're drawing dead or nearly dead. And Ace King is actually a pretty good hand to check behind because the opponent doesn't have to fear any turn cards. Notice that if an ace comes, it doesn't really hurt the ace king. Whereas if you had a hand like king queen, then an ace actually would be bad. So I don't mind the check if my opponent has some sort of a read on me. But in general, I think you probably just want to bet this hand to be willing to play it for a lot of the money. But you always have to be careful when you're against the big blind because the big blind has way more fives than the under the gun razor. And it sure is rough when they have a five, <laughs> like I did this time, and my opponent did a, a very good job, at least in this scenario, not going broke. So that's going to be it for this hand. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you have not already, please sign up for a free trial over at PokerCoaching.com. We have a lot of quizzes you can go through. If you enjoy Weekly Poker Hand, which you probably do if you made it to episode 170, um, you will definitely love PokerCoaching.com. We just have lots and lots and lots of hand quizzes that will really test your skills and force you to... Think about what you're doing and why and make you become a better poker player. So again, check it out at pokercoaching.com. This has been Jonathan Little, and I'll talk to you next week.